Live from the 614, this is Marty Marty with Transformation Racing.
And now we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament for today. And we'll read from the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. There is a lot going on here. Those worshiping inside the temple will be protected spiritually, but those outside will face great suffering. This is a way of saying that true believers will be protected through persecution, but those who refuse to believe will be destroyed. These two witnesses that we'll read about here today bear strong resemblance to Moses and Elijah, two of God's mighty prophets. With God's power, Moses called plagues down upon the nation of Egypt. Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal. Both of these men appeared with Christ at his transfiguration. Now in the book of Revelation, numbers are likely to have symbolic rather than literal meanings. The 42 months or 1,260 days equal three and a half years. As half of the perfect number seven, a three and a half can indicate incompletion, imperfection, or even evil. Notice the events predicted for this time period. There is trouble. The holy city is trampled. The woman takes refuge in the wilderness. And the devil-inspired beast exercises his authority. We'll read all about this here today. Now, some commentators link the three and a half years with the period of famine in the days of Elijah. Now, since Malachi predicted the return of Elijah before the last judgment, and since the events in Daniel and Revelation paved the way for the second coming, well, perhaps John was making this connection. It is possible, of course, that the three and a half years are literal. That's possible. If so, we will clearly recognize when the three and a half years are over. Whether symbolic or literal, however, they indicate that evil's reign will have a definite end. Now, the beast, of course, is mentioned here in Scripture today. It could be Satan or just an agent of Satan. Jerusalem, once the great city and the capital of Israel, is now enemy territory. It's compared with Sodom and with Egypt, both well known for their evil. By the time of John's writing, Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Romans in the year 70 A.D. Nearly a million Jews had been slaughtered, and the temple treasures had been carried off to Rome. In the Old Testament days, the Ark of the Covenant was the most sacred treasure of the Israelite nation. We'll read about that today. We'll also read about the seventh trumpet, uh, the one that sounded announcing the arrival of the king. There is now no turning back. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. December 20th, the New Testament, Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. Then I, John, was given a measuring stick, and I was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count the number of worshipers, but do not measure the outer courtyard, for it has been turned over to the nations. They will trample the holy city for forty-two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap and will prophesy during those one thousand two hundred sixty days. These two prophets are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of all the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire flashes from their mouths and consumes their enemies." This is how anyone who tries to harm them must die. They have power to shut the sky, so that no rain will fall for as long as they prophesy, and they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood, 
and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. When they complete their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the bottomless pit will declare war against them, and he will conquer them and kill them, and their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was crucified. And for three and a half days, all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. All the people who belong to this world will gloat over them and give presents to each other to celebrate the death of the two prophets who had tormented them. But after three and a half days, God breathed life into them, and they stood up. Terror struck all who were staring at them. Then a loud voice from heaven called to the two prophets, Come up here! And they rose to heaven in a cloud as their enemies watched. At the same time, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed a tenth of the city. Seven thousand people died in that earthquake, and everyone else was terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second terror is past, but look, the third terror is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The twenty-four elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshipped him, and they said, We give thanks to you, Lord God the Almighty, the one who is and who always was. For now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were filled with wrath. But now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants the prophets, as well as your holy people, and all who fear your name from the least to the greatest. It is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. Then in heaven the temple of God was opened, and the ark of his covenant could be seen inside the temple. Lightning flashed, thunder crashed and roared, and there was an earthquake and a terrible hailstorm. In the morning, when I rise, in the morning, when I rise, in the morning, when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus.
everyone, this is Mike Wells, pastor of Phase 1, coming to you this morning straight out of Vinton County. want to encourage you guys uh, in Phase 2, 3, 4, and beyond to continue the race and never forget Matthew 6.33, which says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. And I want to encourage us all to seek God. Um, first and foremost, uh, many times we can find ourselves being distracted uh, by many other things in this world and around us, and um, and we end up putting other things in front of God, whether that is uh, girlfriend, fiance, wife, children, friends, family, TV, um, and many other things. So I want to encourage you guys to, first and foremost, always put God first. Make sure you're getting devotional time with Him, prayer time with Him, that you are going to church, um, and that you are serving, and that you are uh, truly 
um, building relationships around Christ and in Christ. So I love you guys, and keep going at it, and always remember, finish strong. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 24. We'll read here today that God is omnipresent. He is present everywhere. Because this is so, you can never escape from His Spirit. This is good news to those who know and love God, because no matter what we do or where we go, we can never be far from God's comforting presence. Now, God's character goes into the creation of every person. When you feel worthless or even begin to hate yourself, remember that God's Spirit is ready and willing to work within you. We should have as much respect for ourselves as our Maker has for us. David's hatred for his enemies came from his zeal for God, and we'll read about that zeal here today. David regarded his enemies as God's enemies, so his hatred was a desire for God's righteous justice and not for personal vengeance. Is it all right to be angry at people who hate God? Yes, but we must remember that it is God who will deal with them, not us. If we truly love God, then we'll be deeply hurt if someone hates Him. David asked God to search his heart and his mind and point out any wrong motives that may have been behind his strong words. But while we seek justice against evil, we must also pray that God's enemies will turn to Him before He judges them. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 24. For the choir director, the Psalm of David. O Lord, You have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God! They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers! They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? 
Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. The leech has two suckers that cry out, More, more. There are three things that are never satisfied. No, four that never say, Enough. The grave, the barren womb, the thirsty desert, the blazing fire.
that'll do it for today's Transformation Radio. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.